is amazing. And you look, hey, honestly, before, uh, before I even went down this path of the conference, I felt in my heart, like I was preaching on Ruth, and there was a, co- you know, Ruth basically, um, she received a different culture as her own. She said, your people shall become my people. Your God is my God. Wherever you go, I go. In other words, we're in this together, baby. And um, regardless of culture. So for me, one of the things I felt was this, is that my heart, one of the things I know, just a simple observation was it just seemed to be some people were more open than others. And uh, there are some, some particular people that really did give us the cold shoulder. And would, there were some commonalities amongst them. So we thought, well, actually, we're just going to reach the, I'm going to, for me, I believe in my heart to, to reach the Polynesian culture, which, which is Tangata Whenua and, and Polynesia. Uh, you heard me a while ago pray for uh, even the Samoans. I didn't know too many Samoans, but next thing you know, we're standing in this conference and I look around and I say, hey, <laughs> look at all the brown faces here. This is what I came for. <laughs> in that moment, when watch, watching these guys do the, uh, do the poor fighting and, uh, and, and I thought, man, I am so proud to be Samoan. <laughs> I am proud to be Polynesian, man. And uh, Apostle Maldonado loved it so much. And uh, I reckon he'll want to call you all over to do this thing in, Amer- <laughs> in America. They even got one of the team. And he's, a, he's not exactly a skinny fella. <laughs> and even he came out with a, with a, with a tire har and, and uh, they were getting into it. They even got into the song, got into the singing, and he came out in, in his suit and tie and tried to copy it. And these, um, these big fellas of ours, they lifted him up and threw him up like he was a, a rag doll. It was hilarious. But there were some amazing miracles. One guy had, a, um, had, had his finger cut off by his loving sister. And uh, it's one of the things that sisters do, I guess. Uh, and his finger grew back, so that was pretty cool. He's a creative God, I mean. People got delivered. People got, um, there, was, there was one guy there, uh, a, a friend of mine, and he had suffered clinical depression for 10 years. He had been, a, been seeing a, a medical professional. It cost him hundreds of dollars. Every time he went, it was a, as, you know, over $100 a session going through pills and bits and pieces. And on the second night of the conference, um, uh, Pastor Mike came and, and gave him a word, this is your issue. The Lord showed me this is the issue right here. That moment, in a, within a split second, he went down under the power of God. Next thing, he's up. He's completely free of that depression that had been plagued him for the last 10 years. That is something to give God honor about. See, sometimes... Sometimes there's chemical issues, but sometimes, in fact, many of the times, there is a spiritual issue behind this. For this particular issue, it was, it was there because of a curse. It was there because somebody, uh, a well-meaning person, had spoken a curse over his life. And that curse had shut him down. And that curse, had, there was a spirit attached to that curse. And it attached over his life and had been depressing him for, the, for that amount of time. But just one intervention of the Holy Spirit, and he's a completely new man. No more pills, no more doctor. Many miracles like that. Uh, and one of the things I just want to share with you a few thoughts just, just right now. It's a, I was kind of just reflecting over, over this whole experience. And I felt the Lord speak to me out of, out of Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37 was where Ezekiel got taken in a vision and he was showing uh, the people of Israel. And the whole scripture is about God's people in a place of defeat, a place where they're disjointed and separated from another. It's a place where God's people, the ones that God loved, were powerless and lifeless. 
but it's also a story of them coming together in a place of unity, strength, and life, and coming together as a mighty army again. And one of the things I started to see was actually our nation is such in many ways in that way, in that you can look across our nation with one perspective and you can see that there are some people that are doing very well. You can look at other perspective in other places and you can see other people are struggling. But there's also a spiritual dimension that operates in the lives of every person, whether they look good or whether they don't look good on the inside or the outside. There's always a spiritual dimension that, that there's uh, people are in, in, in all walks of life, in all sectors of society, uh, unless they've received the Holy Spirit and are placed in separation. And so Ezekiel saw this vision, and then was, as I was praying, and as I was just looking over our nation, I, I started to see that our nation in many ways is in a similar circumstance. One of the most powerful two messages that came out, probably one of the two most powerful messages I've heard, which really encapsulates where many individuals of our nation are at, but where our nation as a whole is at as well. And maybe you're here in a similar position as well. One is the issue of orphans, spiritual orphans, and the effect that has on society. We look everywhere to see actually um, people are in many walks they are struggling and they're, they're looking for a crutch. Some people are on drugs. Some people are, have given their lives to business. Some people have given their lives to this, that, the other thing. But actually, they're all on a crutch. All they're trying to do is find a source of life. And there's a reason why that you look at the amount of people that are depressed. You look at the amount of people that are, are trying to be, um, I don't even know the word, I can't remember the word, but um, they're given drugs to suppress it or, or appease and things like that. But actually, what the really issue is, that there is, a, there is a, a, a fundamental issue in the heart of many people in our society today. This is even with churches and pastors as well. They're not exempt from this. And actually, for many of them, and the way that the church has often been built in, 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 in recent history is that of an organization. And that's one of the things I felt God speak to me is about this church. Do not build an organization. There's, we're organized to a certain degree, but primarily we are a family. We're a city on a hill. There's a lot more into that, that actually cities and, uh, and, and healthy communities, fathers are, are a pivotal, uh, pivotal aspect to that. And you only ask, have to ask uh, Matua Henere here. Actually, so many people are lacking fathers and the effect that causes on so many people. And uh, I know my own dad, you know, and I think for my, my personal observation for my, my thesis was this, that there seemed to be a lot of, a lot of grandfathers were in the war went through traumatic experiences. Many came back completely disconnected and disassociated with society, emotionally disconnected. But that effect has gone on to affect uh, baby boomer generations where you find that, that many of them have been raised and do it alone. Good, do, you're on your own in this, baby. You have got, not, haven't really got a dad to believe in you, to encourage you, to even support you. For, because so many of them were emotionally distant, even my own grandfather. So even my own dad had to work his way. He had, there, was, there was no one here really to support him in building this church. There was no, not many spiritual fathers. There. And many, many people in our community today, there's this dysfunction of fatherhood. And, and when there's that dysfunction there, we are essentially a community of orphans. One of the things that uh, my father brought out was the whole thing of spiritual orphans. And the cry of men and women needing a dad to believe in them, needing somebody to love them, not to beat them, not to abuse them, but to love them and to lift them up. An apostle really gave a message on, uh, on fatherhood. And so, look, I've had this in my heart for such a long time, and just to hear it uh, really, for me, resonated something inside of me. And that's for us, where we're heading as a church, is how do we uh, 
deal with the areas of brokenness and the issues of, all, of spiritual orphans? And how then do we raise good fathers? Good, let me look at our young people here. They're going to grow up to be fathers and mothers one day. But I want to create an environment that actually they come up in a, in a manner that, that is uh, life-giving and not abusive. That we have our people that grow up, they are of a sound mind and a sound emotions, sound heart. And so one of the things we looked at was um, you look around our society, and, and, and I looked at many pastors, and they're in the same boat. I, told, I spoke to pastors at the conference, and a lot, of, a lot of them are struggling with the same issue. Apostle pointed out you've got a lot of teachers, a lot of uh, people giving you information, but not too many fathers. They can, you know, even if you shoot a hole through the roof, won't beat the crap out of you. Excuse my French. <laughs> That's what I did in my house. <laughs> I shot a, <laughs> put the shotgun through the roof. And my dad didn't beat me over that at all. He just, <laughs> he should have. <laughs> lie in the bed and there's a shotgun hole in the room. Our, our, our God, our Heavenly Father is a good Father. He's, he's strong and he's, he believes in justice. He's a God of justice, but he's a God of mercy as well. So this whole story about Ezekiel chapter 37, it's about God's people in a, such a place of defeat. They were orphaned. They were separated from one another, powerless and lifeless. But then they didn't stay that way. They came together and they came together as a, a, a united army. And you can see in the world today how strong Israel is now as a nation. And we've seen it come together. And I believe that our nation as well, we've got a lot of similarities. That in many, in many aspects, we too have been disjointed. We've been through, we've been through uh, our own set of issues. But I believe that God is moving amongst us right now. That God is moving over our nation right now. God is bringing people together that have been at war. God has been bringing people together that have been separated. God is uniting people. And I can tell you today that if we keep on the direction that we're going, sure, we don't have it all together right now. I get that. It's a work in progress. But the thing is, I believe in many aspects, we are pointing in the same direction. We're pointing in the right direction. And if we keep going, if we keep doing some certain things, I believe that God's power will come upon us afresh as a nation. And it says here in the Lord, in verse 1, that the Lord... The hand of the Lord brought me out and this, out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And behold, it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were many, very many in an open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. What this picture is talking to us is about a whole pile of skeletons, a whole pile of bones that were just piled up in the valley. And they were, he, he, he emphasizes the point that they were very dry. They weren't just dry, they were very dry. In other words, they were brittle. When you looked at these bones, when you looked at these skeletons, when you looked at these uh, bones on the ground, people that once lived, people that once walked and, and uh, people once carried life, it, it was like every ounce of life had gone. And uh, so Ezekiel's going through this vision and he's looking at people that once lived. You looked at some of the, these people that were lying around, they would have, Walked with hopes. They would have walked with dreams. They would have had children. They would have had, some of them would have had grandchildren. Some of them would have been kids themselves. The whole valley was full of bones of all sorts and sizes and, and all different types from different people that walked on the earth. And they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? In other words, he was asking the question. This situation that looks hopeless, it looks like there is no hope. There, it looks like there is no possible way that any sort of life could ever come back. They are as dead as dead can be. And God asked the question. He said, do you believe, is it possible that these bones could live again? 
Is it possible that these bones could come back to life again? In other words, he was testing his belief. And so I answered, oh God, only you know. In other words, I ain't going to answer that question. That sounds to me like a trick question. And then he said to me, prophesy. Somebody say prophesy. Prophesy to these bones and speak to them. Somebody say speak to them. Speak to them. Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus say the Lord God to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter you. Somebody say breath. I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will put sinew on you and I will bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you. Somebody say breath. And you shall live and then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. Suddenly there was a rattling and these bones came together. Somebody say come together. Bone to bone. Indeed I looked and the sinews, one of the miracles that... um, they just happened. The guy came up, and he was on. Uh, he was in a lot of pain because something had worn in his in his bones, and he was. There was a grunting together. He was healed. For me, that's another sign of uh, God is bringing not just bringing bone back to bone again, but it's like doing a healing in the joints, doing a healing in relationships. And he said, uh, and I looked. The sinews and the flesh came upon them, and skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. In other words. A certain measure had come together, but still there was no breath inside of them. The breath he was talking about is the, is the, uh, the, 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 the ruah, the, the, the breath of God, the, the breath of life that we all share together. Some people, they come together and they look like they're alive, but they're not yet alive. Some people today, they've come together, but actually what we need is the breath of God breathing in our lives afresh. And so I prophesied as they came together, there was a coming, coming together. And he said, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus saith the Lord, come from the four winds and breathe upon these slain that they may live. Friends, we don't have to look very far to see that there are people in our community, they are slain in their heart. You Maybe you're here today, you may be slain in your heart. There may be uh, things come against you. Maybe you've lost loved ones. Some people today, you've got lost hopes. I can tell you today, the spirit of depression comes to slay people's lives. The spirit of addiction will come to slay people's hopes, to slay people's dreams. The spirit of divorce will come to try and slay marriages, to separate people. But friends, I want to encourage you today that there is a a rattling of bones coming together where there's been relationships disjointed, where there's been people that have suffered from depression. Friends, there is only one solution, and his name is Jesus Christ. You can go to a psychiatrist, they'll give you a few tools. But what people need today is the breath of God to come into our lives again. So some people today, I can tell you, I can look inside of their eyes and they look like they've got everything together, but they're dead on the inside. They're separated, they're disjointed, they've been separated out of the body of Christ. They've been broken relationships. Sure, they may have a $10 million house, but actually they're broken on the inside. Those people, God also wants to come and breathe into their lives. There are some people today that live on the the bones of their backside. Friends, I can tell you today, God will come and breathe into their lives. God can raise those people up, and He will raise them up, I can tell you this. We will see people that in our nation, in our lifetime, you'll see them in this place today. They will come and testify that I came. I had nothing. I was born an orphan, but God brought me into a family. God connected me with a relationship. People encouraged me. People put breath into me. And now today I stand as a multimillionaire. You will experience that in this place, I can tell you now. I've seen it already. 
It's not the issue. It's about, it's not the money that's the issue by all means, but it's this, that God has taken somebody, a broken life, and breathed them back and brought them back to life. There will be people that will say, I came here with depression. No doctor could heal me, but friends, when I came and that person, that, that, uh, this woman, this man prayed for me and cast the spirit out, I'm healed. I went to this course and they gave me answers to help put together my, what I was feeling inside. I had no answers. I was confused. But actually when I went to Elijah House, when I went to the deliverance course, they helped me understand. They helped me understand why I was feeling, why these things were happening in my life. And because of them, I have breath back into my life. I am. I put my relationships back together. Friends, you've got to come into the body of Christ. There is life in this place. So breathe. Breathe upon these slain that they may shall live. And he said to me, son of man, these bones of the whole house of Israel are bones. And they said, they, they say, the bones say this. So it doesn't really matter how bad these bones look, how dry these bones look. It says, they say. In other words, even these bones that looked like they were completely dried out still had a voice. These bones cried out and said these words. Yes, we are dry. Our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Three things. One, our bones are dry. One, a nation in many ways has turned away from God. It's turned away from God. It's tried to get the Spirit of the Lord, tried to get God out of our society. Friends, what we need is the Spirit of the Lord. The Bible says that man cannot live on bread alone, but every word, in other words, revelation. We need to be hearing the voice of the Lord. We need to be taking time to hear His voice in our heart. Every day we need to come before the Lord and say, Lord, speak to me. Let me hear your voice because, Lord, your words carry the voice of life. Your voice, just your words are like the sound of many waters. They flood my soul. They restore my thinking. They restore my emotions. I need to come to church. I need to come on a Sunday. I need to come to home groups. I need to come and be connected that I can hear your voice through other people. Friends, I want to tell you right now, when God speaks to me, sometimes it's divinely, but sometimes, in fact, a lot of the times, it's through people. It's through you having conversations with you, absolutely. I hear the Lord speak to me by conversation was with you. Yeah, that's why it's important to come together. Our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus saith the Lord, I will open up your graves and cause you to come back from your graves. Friends, if you're here today and something inside of you has died, friends, I'm calling you today. God's going to open up that grave. What you thought was lost, what you thought was dead, God can speak to that and come back to life. That thought, that hope, that, 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 that dream, that, that relationship that you thought was dead, friends, Jesus Christ can bring that back to life. I'll open up your graves and bring you into your own land, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Friends, I can tell you today, God is going to restore land to people. God is going to restore uh, property to people. God is going to restore inheritance to people. You thought you'd lost your inheritance, but it's not yet lost. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will place you in your own land, and then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it. One of the things about dry bones, when you look at bones is this. You can't identify often if it's a male or a female. One of the things our nation is facing right now because of we're orphans in many places is one, there's no sense of identity. When you look at bones, you've got to really analyze them to describe what it is. Is it a male? Is it a female? unless you really know what you're looking for. One of the things I believe that God wants to restore into our lives is this, a sense of identity. You know who you are. Sure, I'm an Irishman. 
I got it in my passport. <laughs> but actually, I'm greater than that. I'm a son of the living God. Three things. Three things for the nation of Israel. nation of Israel has gone through. The Holocaust, it's gone through. Sieges, it's gone through. Everything you can possibly imagine. But if you look at three core fundamental beliefs that have sustained them as a nation, it's simply this. One, we know who we are. We are the people of God. Friends, it doesn't matter what you've been through. You know this. You're the people of God. You're a child of the living God. When you give your heart to Jesus, he says that you are mine. You were his before that anyway. <laughs> but when you come, you come into a relationship with him. One, it's like know who you are. Two, know where you're going. Sure, things may not look like they're going in my favor right now, but one of the things I know in the core of my heart is I know that I have an eternity with Jesus Christ. I know who I am. I know that I belong to him. I know that doesn't matter what is going on in my life because I know that he works all things for good. He works all things for my favor. Even though I may be in the pit of hell, there is a reason why I'm here, and that is to bring life. Friends, there's, one, there's a second fundamental that the Jews hold on to. is one, they know who they are. Two, they know where they're going. And three, that they know that the Lord is with them. Friends, it doesn't matter where you are, what you're facing. You may be in the valley of dry bones right now, but I can tell you if you know who you are, know where you're going, and know that God is with you, I can tell you to that, you can change the world. You can breathe life into the world around you. Oh, come on, somebody. One of the things I noticed was this, and I'm going to close with this. In the conference, I saw significant bones come together. I saw restoration and healing between, and one of the things I, I, I had a conversation. One of the things I decided to do was this, is there's a particular controversial pastor in New Zealand. <laughs> and it's easy how perception can sway, how information from different sources can, can sway. I decided this, I decided in my heart, you know, one, we're going to have a dinner and I'm going to invite some people to dinner. And I thought, Lord, you need to help me with this because I believe this is an opportunity, this is practice what I preached, that nothing is happening by chance, that you put things in my house, you put things, you've given me abilities to be able to get on with people. <laughs> so one of the things I did was I extended an invitation to this particular individual, and uh, there's a little bit of a delay, but then there was a response and said, I'm going to come, I'm going to be there. And so we're in this dinner, and uh, this particular individual walks in and, uh, with his wife, and, and they, they come in <laughs> looking a little bit nervous, like, what's this? Uh, but we welcomed him in. And one of the things I said to you, I, I, I made the decision to honor him. I made the decision actually to honor him publicly with all the pastors that I had around me. I said, sir, we are here today because we love you, we want to acknowledge you. Um, we believe in you. We thank you for what you're doing in our nation. And um, I tell you, at the end, we were having this conversation, and there was just a few key pastors. Uh, I think I was the only white one. Yeah, I think I was. <laughs> and hearing the conversation about these are key people coming together to work together, saying, 
we would love for you to come and to talk and have conversation about what we can do for the people in our nation. We've got real issues that we're facing in our nation. And we want to work together with you. We invite you to come and be a part of what we're doing and so forth. And there was a coming together. One of the things I started to hear was that tribes that have been previously uh, had tension are starting to come together and reconcile. I saw people of churches that I saw pastors that have been abused. I see business people that have been abused come together one place at one time. And all we had to do, there was nothing spirit, there was nothing overtly crazy or anything like that. It was just a matter of saying, I believe in you, I love you. I believe in you, I love you. I want to welcome you. Howdy, Mike. Welcome. Welcome. Doesn't matter who you are or what you've done, just welcome. Just came to them. I looked in their eyes and said, I believe in you. You're here because I love you. You're here because I believe in you. You may have had some difficulties here, but I want to tell you, I'm here to love you. I'm here to bless you. I'm not here to take anything from you. I'm here to bless you. I want to tell you as a result what's happened. There's been a coming together of key people. There has been a decision to walk together to be able to say, we're going to partner together to see and bring hope and bring real life to our nation. There are business people that have been restored, that have been touched by God afresh. Got all the money in the world, but yet got a broken heart. To see them go from standing over there to rising up and saying, I'm going to be a partner, I want to help, I want to be part of this. So another other businessman, been hurt and broken and, and, and slain, and his heart rising up to say, you know what, I'm going to start to pursue God. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to believe that God's going to use me to touch this nation. Friends, it doesn't take much to breathe upon the slain. You've just got to look in people's eyes and say, I don't care what people say about you. I don't care what you've done. I don't want any of that. Just know that I'm here to lift you up. I believe in you. I love you. That's a prophetic word to somebody right there. Bones coming together. Breath of God coming through and touching people's lives. If God can use me to do that, God can use you too. We saw the most amazing miracles. We saw depressed people here, saw creative miracles. But the greatest miracle, I, I, look, I was just, honestly, I was standing in that. I was so proud to be Samoan. I was so proud to be Polynesian. I was so proud to be Pacifica. To say, actually, this is the sound of the body of Christ coming together. This is the sound of strength. This is a, to see the life come into people's eyes. To see these boys come up and do the haka. Yeah. It's the breath of God coming in. Talking about Otara, looking at the community in Otara, one of the most broken communities. The breath of God coming into that place and saying, see these dry bones come to life again. We love you, we believe in you. See people who are addicted, see people on their point of suicide saying, come back to life. I'm here to bring the power of God back into your life. Today I honour those of you that do that. I honour you today. I know Kobe, you just do a great job. You go around and you minister the love of God to some of the smallest communities who desperately need God's touch. So today I honour you for what you do. You're a great woman. Rise up, woman of God. I love you so much. And I pray that God will just use you to bring the breath of God into your people, into our people. I look at some of the people like Bruce and Marlene as I was as in this conversation. I was thinking, actually, Marlene needs to be in here. She's going to be part of this conversation. It's, it's uh, something I believe that's in her heart. And so my heart is to, to raise people up and to be a part of the solution. I love you, uh, Matua Henade and, and Pam. You do a great job. You breathe life back into the community. 
but I also sense today that God's going to breathe life back into you again. And where you've given out, sometimes you need to get the breath of God back into you. And today I'm really believing that the breath of God will come into you and your family. And to know that the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you too. He's with you. It doesn't matter what's happened, that the Lord is with you. Allow Him this morning to breathe life back into you. He will lift you up. He will bring you into places that you could never, ever imagine. The Bible says that as the breath of God, as there was a coming together, eventually there was a, a, the breath of God came from around the place and together they rose up and became a mighty army. Today I believe that God is raising us together as a mighty army, not just as Bay City, but a collective body of Christ over the nation. Together, we're going to bring hope into this nation. We will bring hope. We will destroy the, through the power of God, we will destroy the power of addiction, we will destroy uh, abortion, we will destroy uh, depression, we will destroy all that through the name of Jesus Christ. You will see people rise up, national leaders rise up, you will see uh, entertainers rise up, you will see people from all sorts of society rise up. And that's why we do what we do.